Hi, and thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. If you are a returning listener to the Sex and Intimacy series, I'd love to invite you to skip over to the 11 or 12 minute mark where the intro ends. I am including the intro. If you are a new listener, this is the first episode you're hearing of the Sex and Intimacy series. I'd love you to listen to that 11 minute intro before diving into the content. But again, if you're returning, feel free to skip over the topic comes right after the intro, but I really want to introduce myself and why this topic is so important, who we're speaking to, the fact that it is a mature audience conversation. So if you're new, dive in. If you're returning, thank you so much. I love you. Please share. Go ahead and dive into about 12 minutes. All right. Love you guys. Enjoy. Hi, you guys. It is such a pleasure to welcome you to the Sex and Intimacy series on the Hearts Unleashed podcast. I have been formulating this series for months now. I did not know it at first, but in my process and progress, this has really come to take shape, structure, and form and is now ready to be delivered to you. My name is Abigail Gazda and I'm a clarity coach helping you operate with more freedom, power, and self-expression in every area of your life. In my career as a coach and educator, I have coached men, women, couples, young people, and large and small groups. I have even taught middle and high school physical education and health. During my years in the classroom, I was often the go-to teacher and coach for the age-appropriate version of sex and intimacy for my students. I taught children and teens about puberty, menstruation, sex, STDs, pregnancy, parenthood, consent, non-consent. I talked to kids about suicidal thoughts and self-harm. You guys, they shared circumstances with me that made me want to adopt them in the moment. I walked them through healthy coping mechanisms and empowered living strategies. I taught them clear and direct communication. I supported them in helping their own friends and family through troubling times. I've supported many people of all ages come out of closets of all types. I have explored the hearts and minds of many as they have learned to master and unleash them. As a teacher, I did not know how to source and manage my own energy. Therefore, my time as an educator and coach was the most exhausted I ever remember being. I felt completely drained most of the time, and even the good times didn't keep me inflated enough. I felt completely drained most of the time, and the good times didn't even keep me inflated enough to get to the next win. That does not at all mean that this time wasn't some of the most rewarding work I have ever done. Making a difference in the lives of children has been some of the deepest soul work I have ever experienced. Even in my life coaching career, I have formulated age-appropriate empowerment curriculum that I truly intend to bring to the market in this decade. Until then, I aspire to empower teachers by teaching them how to source, manage, and transmute their energies in ways that have you feeling fulfilled, accomplished, and inspired. I know that once our teachers are enlivened and empowered, bringing a powerful curriculum to the classrooms will be fast, fun, and effortless. We need your perspective. We need your feedback. 
We need your participation. We need your collaboration to recalibrate what we offer children in the classroom and beyond. This isn't exactly just teachers either. This is the collective of adults raising our children in the education system. Nurses, administrators, school psychologists, counselors, paraprofessionals, bus drivers, custodial staff, coaches, meal providers, office staff, athletic trainers, deans, directors, sponsors, booster and PTA parents, and more. There is an entire force of responsible, loving humans dedicating their life to developing our future, and they are grossly under-celebrated and most importantly, under-supported. Because of my commitment to educational professionals being supported, I want to do something crazy and host a program that I have not personally hosted since March of 2018. My Hearts Unleashed Book Club is a six-week self-discovery program for readers of my book, Giving Up, Giving Up, The Memoir of a Quitter. In this book club, you get to read and discuss the book with the author, me. (laughs) The last time I did this book club in 2018, tickets were $97. What I am feeling super inspired to do is that if you are an educational professional, male or female, I will do a little bit of elementary subtraction on your seat in the Hearts Unleashed book club and bring it down to $47. You guys, that is six one-hour group coaching calls with a life coach about her book. Did I mention that the book also has reflection questions at the ends of most chapters for your journaling pleasure? I mean, (laughs) this can't get much better. (laughs) In my book, I talk about giving up what no longer serves you in order to restore your energy and feel fulfilled doing purpose-based work that you know you love. I am ready for you to be passionate about teaching again so that you can show up for your kids fully. That said, this Hearts Unleashed podcast, Sex and Intimacy series, is a great place to find out if we are speaking the same language and if working together would meet your current needs. I'll be straight with you, though. Health and wellness class with Miss Gazda is a serious one. <laughs> I can't even say it seriously. But honestly, I do not take teaching this information lightly because I am very aware that so many of us have not been talked to honestly about this topic. I found this very true when opening the discussion with a group of sophomores and telling them, listen, I want you to ask me the honest questions that you have so I can get you the answers that you need. You are not going to shock me, scare me, or knock me off my rocker. It is the same as asking a doctor. I am a professional and I intend to educate you on the topics that you have questions about. I want you to ask the questions that you're afraid to ask your loved ones because I don't want you to go finding the answers out the hard way if you don't have to. Please ask the questions that you need and know that there is no shame or judgment coming from here. Listeners, I told that to high schoolers and they understood it. I found this so incredibly important to explain to them because I knew I wanted to make a true difference in their life, not in my classroom. I operated with the intention that any of the lessons they learned in my classroom would clear a few branches off of their path for them. 
I would feel so happy to shine my light brighter to show the way a little further. I happily accept my intuition to share this information with you as well. It feels like a duty and an honor. Much of what I will share is my expression of universal consciousness. So no matter what I say or how I say it, I speak the language of love and I speak from the heart. And if I am ever not, you can count on me saying that too. I do my best to educate, promote, and facilitate understanding and self-mastery of the human condition. This series will provide you a new lens through which to contemplate the topics of sex and intimacy. I would rate this content PG-13. It is a mature audience topic. However, I would not use age to determine maturity for this topic, (laughs) or any topic for that matter. Young, developing ladies and gentlemen would be greatly served by this information. That said, I will be speaking about the topics of sex and intimacy candidly. Listen to these episodes assuming responsibility and maturity. I would also invite you to listen with an open mind, heart, and being. Honestly, if you are listening this far right now, I simply want to acknowledge you for your commitment to expansion. I try to imagine who each and every one of my listeners are. I wonder about your life and how I get to serve you. I pray for guidance and confidence and trust, just like you, for you, with you, and to serve you. I am honored to present this Sex and Intimacy series as every aspect will impact your life for the better. Thank you for listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. Let's dive in. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, Sex and Intimacy series. I am so excited to have you back. Um, If you are new to the series, welcome. I hope you enjoyed that intro. I am Abigail Gazda, your clarity coach, helping you get clear about who you are, what you want, and where you are going in life. And this is an episode all about clarity, all about what is available inside of exploration of celibacy and sobriety. So I want to give you a little bit of background about why I would be talking about this besides the fact that I'm a health teacher and a life coach and the things that would qualify me to talk about this stuff, but more about my personal background, which I definitely explained a lot of my personal background and what would lead to this episode specifically in the first episode of this series, which is my sexual history. So if you head back to episode 110, you'll be able to listen to that and really get to know a little bit more about my own journey and how I got here to this point and you got to this episode listening right now. But one piece that I want to take from there, which I explain in my book, Giving Up, Giving Up, The Memoir of a Quitter, I explain it in the book, and I also explained it in the 110, My Sexual History, that for 12 years, basically, I was in relationship, meaning from my high school sweetheart all the way through getting divorced, there was never much more time than maybe two to three months that I wasn't in a relationship. And so that... I did not learn a lot about myself as a female, a girl, a woman, an independent human in those years because I really put a lot of my identity in girlfriend, fiance, and wife. And so I want to kind of give that 
background as I began to talk about celibacy and sobriety because I didn't do either of those things for a very long time before coming to this point. Experimenting with these two concepts really took place after divorce. Something that shifted, which I also share in that episode, is it wasn't until about age 28 that I really learned for myself that sex does not equal love. Or you can actually just do the physical act of sex without feelings involved. And that never really made a lot of sense to me. But once someone made that clear, it made a lot of sense out of my life. (laughs) And so I really do explain that a little bit more in depth in the last episode 112, which is the four types of intimacy. So we're going to be diving into specifically celibacy and sobriety today. And a lot of what I personally share, you're going to hear these two things intertwined because for me, they are. And one way that I like to say this is that for most of my life, as again, I explained in the my sexual history, I am a very highly sexual being, a highly energetic being. And when not properly channeled, it comes out as sexual energy. And I can give away a lot of that and send a lot of mixed signals. And so something that I personally realized was my drug of choice was sex or is sex, or can be sex. And as I share with like the concept of self-mastery, I want you to get that your things never go away. Your flavor of fear never goes away. Your kinks and preferences and, and tendencies never go away. You become bigger than them. You become a master of them. You become an observer of yourself in this time instead of just simply being and acting unconsciously as your ego self. When I'm acting unconsciously, my drug of choice was sex. It was validating. It was euphoric. It was fulfilling what I thought was fulfilling. It was satisfying. It was pleasuring, like all the different things. (laughs) However, it has its own negative side when going all the way to an extreme, which is a lesson that I'm just going to kind of cut to the chase on. I used to explain this constantly in my health class with my students is life in moderation. There are going to be things that you want to try or that you do try or that you're given an opportunity to try that you would have never um, otherwise tried. And so you'll be faced with different things in life. However, when you go overboard on any of it, it can have a negative effect, right? And then if you go all the way to the scarcity side of some things, it can also have a negative effect. So if you can find your place in the middle, if you can begin to what I'm going to explain in this episode, which is become a scientist with yourself, this is still a self-mastery season we're talking about here. Everything is wrapped up in self-mastery. You getting to know, own, love, and share yourself for who you are, not trying to fit in any boxes. And so you really get to learn yourself and what works for you. And so celibacy and sobriety are all the way on the end of not, right? Of cutting it out, being not being active in those different things. And so we're going to talk about how to put your foot on and off the gas pedal and when to pump the brakes and what really works for you. And I actually talk about that in an episode called how to get and stay productive. I don't know the number, but if you are interested in that, it's, it kind of relates to being productive in your life, but it's really about finding what 
works for you. So back to my story and sharing how my drug of choice was sex. Your drug of choice may be controlled substances or narcotics, drugs, alcohol, cannabis, cocaine, um, like all the way to the extremes, like meth and beyond and like different things that can really just take hold of someone's life. And so you have to look for what your drug of choice is. Now, those are the obvious choices, right? But no one really necessarily looks at workaholism or the busy bee or the busybody right? That is a drug of choice. It is self-deprecating action and a way of being, meaning you're essentially punishing your mental, physical, emotional, spiritual well-being to numb out. You're blocking your sensory receptors and it's stopping you from feeling your natural human feelings which has you blocked the fuck up. So it doesn't have to be an abusive, dangerous, taboo drug or alcohol we're talking about. It can be workaholism or busybody. Also, when people lean too far into stress, anxiety, depression, insomnia, it's a unhealthy way of being and it does cause you to numb out. Oh, I'm stressed. Oh, I'm, I'm just anxious or I'm depressed. Like, yes, okay. And what would you like to do about it? How long would you like to stay that way? How much of your life would you like to spend in that state of mind? Because that is a drug of choice. Staying in that mind frame, it'll keep you where you are. And you're going to do what you do where you see everyone else out in the world enjoying their lives and wondering what this rain cloud around you is. That is your responsibility to get that handle. It doesn't matter where the trauma came from or what caused it. It is now your responsibility to handle it. There are plenty of resources to handle whatever you're addicted to. There are so many resources and support structures, but it is up to you to plug in. I love the Abraham Hicks um, um, example where she says, you would not vacuum your house without plugging in the vacuum right? So you can run your vacuum over the carpet over and over and over again. It ain't going to pick up shit if you do not plug into the source of energy. So you need to plug into a source of energy that is going to support you where you can go speak your truth in a safe container and break down and stop fighting, stop resisting and get the help you need. That is your responsibility. And one more that I'm going to call to the forefront is a one that, again, nobody really calls out or sees it for what it is, but procrastination, avoidance, and denial, and enabling, and being a martyr, all of those are another drug of choice. It's a form of self-deprecation. You procrastinating puts the stress on you about your deadlines or your expectations of life or the things that you'd love to do and achieve, and you put them off and off and off, and you avoid the feeling of putting them off, and then you avoid dealing with all the repercussions of it, and you deny it, and then you just put yourself at the bottom of your priority list and serve others as if that's going to fulfill you and make you feel better and help you sleep at night. And it's not. I'm saying this out of love. It's not. It's an addiction. You have to see your addiction to problems. You have to see your addiction to stress or gossip or eating or whatever it is that is causing you to numb out and just simply not feel your feelings. Let's take a deep breath on that one. (sighs) Okay. So you guys, I was doing this. 
I was doing this with a lot of these different points, not just sex, right? With alcohol, I didn't know how to handle that shit for a long time. I, I, it was, and I will still sometimes call myself a workaholic. I have really in 2019 focused on slowing it down and only going with the flow and cutting out the expectations and timelines and life has gotten so much better. And that is literally what brings me here to talk to you about celibacy and sobriety. So sobriety came first. I started to feel my craving to clear and to not uh, be foggy minded and to not be hung over a next day. And just all of those different things. I craved more water. I started drinking a gallon a day and counting things and caring and loving my body. It, it all followed behind loving my body. I'll tell you that much. And you, I will tell you that much in another episode about the bear documentary I'm com- that's coming up in 2020. So I'm going to hold off on that because I can go down a whole rabbit hole. But what I really want you to look at is out of all those different things that I mentioned, you have to look at the different phases in your life. When have you gone too far to one side of the spectrum? on relationship, sex, intimacy, food, work, um, your mental health, working out, you, we all get hooked on something and we just go balls to the wall and it becomes another addiction. You're even addicted to the, the victory or, you know, oh my God, I didn't even put money in here. How we get addicted to, you know, obtaining money, things, uh, material items. It's all okay. This is part of the ebbs and flows of life. And that's what I want you here to hear about is that if you choose to come into the middle, there's the pendulum swinging that imagine it just going back and forth like a swing and one side is all the way to the other and all the way to the other. But when you're ready to get off the swing and you start to slow down, you stop kicking, you ease into the flow, you let it slow down naturally and naturally you're not getting as high, naturally you're not getting as low. And so you can kind of come back and you can step off, step off the merry-go-round and get your back life back by looking where you can start to get into moderation. If you notice the different cycles and patterns in your life, you can also learn to lean in and lean out. So one example of a cycle is like an overwhelm cycle, right? We um, get, get a little bit bored and then we get some bright idea. And then we start learning or we start buying shit that matches that idea or we start diving in on it full steam ahead. And then we kind of make a mess of it. We, you know, I can, I guess I can use writing a book, right? Or anything of that nature is you get this big idea and then you start formatting it, lying it out, buying things for it, um, making investments, telling people about it. And then you, somewhere along the line, you lose your energy for it or it becomes overwhelming. You've started too many pieces of the project at once or whatever it may be. And then you're like, Oh shit. And then it becomes burdensome. You actually avoid it because you're like, no, fuck this shit. I did, oh man, I just bit off more than I can chew. I set myself up too big. I don't have time for this. And then you start making excuses and procrastinating. But then you also start beating yourself up because you're not doing what you said you would do. You're not now you're not being your word. And it all just and so you avoid and then eventually it either dies out or you finish it because you're forcing it, which is you know that feeling. And ultimately getting to the end of it is never as satisfying as you built it up to be in your head. And then you wonder why you ever did it. And then you get bored again and you kind of pick something else back up, right? These are patterns. And 
we act so surprised by them. Stop acting surprised and learn yourself and let it be. I'm going to give a plug because we're going to do in the sex and intimacy series, we're going to do an episode about menstrual moon cycles, creative cycles, energy cycles. It's all going to be one episode. It's for men and women. Hello. Don't quit listening now. <laughs> men and women will want to listen to this episode because we're going to talk about the way we go through cycles and how we can actually create them to be productive in our life, to be satisfied, to be living a purpose driven life. And so it's not all about our periods, but men, I've been saving this episode and women, because some of us, some of y'all get grossed out by this stuff, but I've been stretching your listening in these sex and intimacy episodes so that you can hear about a woman's menstrual cycle and not go, Ew, oh my God, y'all bleed, you poop, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my friend. And oh man, I want to start educating already, but listen into that one coming up. I don't have the date for it yet. I've been going with what naturally feels right, but these topics, y'all. Man, I've been loving this series. So let me know what you're loving. Let me know if you have any questions or if you'd like to hear anything special. Because I have been actually recording these episodes one after the other, meaning this is Sunday and it's coming out tomorrow. I've been saving it because I've been watching you guys listen in. We surpassed the 10,000 download uh, mark two weeks ago. And a thought occurred to me was it's not 10,000 people that have listened, but 10,000 times. Now we're upwards of um, 10,800 right now. So 10,800 times someone has tuned in, your heart has tuned into this information and I have gotten to contribute to the quality of your life. Thank you for listening. I don't know how I got here, but thank you for listening. And I just adore pouring into you about this information, this stuff. So we're going to dive back into celibacy and sobriety, but I want you to notice your kinks, your addictions, your habits, your cravings, and your needs so that you can satisfy them in a healthy, safe, and responsible manner. I said it before, these things will not go away. You will simply master yourself and become bigger than them. So for example, with sobriety, when I moved out to California, I was so freaking happy all the time. I didn't drink as much and I would only really drink socially. Like if I went out for a dinner and then I would notice, I'm like, wow, my tolerance for alcohol is low because in Indiana, like it was just normal. It was just normalized. And that was, it was always at social events and nothing good, bad, right, wrong about it. It's just what so. And so when I stopped drinking, I realized that I kind of liked it that way. And so I sh I've been stretching it more and more and more. And this summer between the 4th of July and <laughs> Pierogi Fest, which is a holiday in, in Whiting, Indiana, um, the 20 days in between, I practiced sobriety of no alcohol, no cannabis, no sex, and no coffee. And I was the most clear I had ever been in my whole life. And I was like levitating around. I was like floating and it was so great. And I just realized like, because then other natural addictions showed up, like then I craved watching a movie at night or, you know, like a, you know, a Netflix binge, or I was eating more sugar than normal. So I saw how when you stop one addiction, you can naturally transfer over to another because what, what you do when you stop a bad habit is you create a void. So 
after divorce, there was a void that I rebound relationship and still went into um, being, I was still sexually active. And after that rebound relationship, I kind of did this thing where I swore myself single and not kind of, I did. And it was for like over a half a year, it was like probably nine months, eight or nine months where I was practicing sobriety, not drinking. I was living in California and I was actively not dating. I was just kind of working on myself. I was writing my first book, which is very natural because we're going to talk about an episode of sexual transmutation where you can transfer your sexual energy into creative energy and be a powerhouse. And actually Andy, a date, and I talked about that in his episode which was last Friday, how to support your significance, other success, which you definitely want to listen into. So I was practicing my own celibacy, practicing my own sobriety. And then the summer of 2019, this summer, I went 20 days of completely sober. And that is what really has born this episode, which is I want to give you some stages of celibacy and sobriety that are available to you only on the other side of choosing them. Now we got to talk, actually, I will talk about choosing them and actively going into it. But what became so available was the clarity, which I kind of explained already. And from the clarity, from literally like vision better, hearing better, skin better, sleep better, all of those things, oh, um, energetic I wasn't drinking coffee. I gave it up in the beginning of 2019. And like, I don't have the jittery or the crashes or I don't have to regulate my energy cycles. It's just really healthy and maintained. And so I began to be very receptive to my inner being's voice, receptive to the nudges of God or universe or whoever your higher power is. I relate to all of them because I feel like it's just being wrapped up in love and being guided or led. And so I was so receptive. And so I was so inspired and it's been that way. And I was able to do a lot of self-regulation, meaning I would feel feelings because I wasn't numbing them out. And I would say, huh, I'm feeling anxious right now. I wonder what that's from. I know that an anxiety is a physical manifestation of a fear. What is my fear right now? Oh, I could see why I'd be afraid of that. And I would literally just talk myself through feelings within minutes. And it was so beautiful because I didn't have to depend on any type of substance or influence to regulate my life and my emotions, because of course you can imagine that as I was being more receptive, self-regulated, I then was at choice about my life, at choice about my vibration and at choice about what I would tolerate in my life and then not tolerate or allow into my life. This was so beneficial, (laughs) so beneficial. And I want to share another brief story because this is what I was talking about choosing celibacy in the stage that I'm in right now. One thing that I want you to know is none of these choices are permanent. It's simply listening to what your body is asking for and following through. Because have I smoked pot? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Sense. And so that would fall under sobriety, right? Have I had a glass of wine? Yes. I actually haven't had beer. I had a beer after my 20 days of sobriety and had my stomach ache came back and it was like, oh my God, I've had this stomach ache my entire adulthood. I don't have to have this stomach ache and I've stopped drinking beer and I love it. I feel so good. And 
it was only in trying it that I was able to then know and make powerful choices. And that's what I meant is like, you're the creator of your life. You're at choice. So I can drink wine and enjoy it and have fun and feel good, not be hung over by having one. And like, really it be an addition to life or a celebration or something to enjoy. Something that happened for me when choosing celibacy in this phase is I was on the plane to a wedding in Wisconsin. So I had a nice four hour uh, plane ride and I journaled for probably two hours of them. And at this point, I've been basically treating my body like a science experiment with what do I like to, what substances do I like? Do I like using things or using out exterior regulators to manage my moods and different things of that nature? Or can I be completely sober and celibate? And what would that be for? Right? So now we're actually at choice about how life wants to go and what's allowed. Well, in this journaling session on the plane, I could hear my inner being talking to me so clearly, like I was having a full on conversation and much of it got written into my notebook. I remember her asking, like, I've been asking you to um, be celibate, slow it down. And you're, you haven't been because you've been experimenting as I shared in my sexual history. Um, I've been experimenting and stretching in my capacity and exploring my own personal desires and everything like that. And so the experience of being celibate after that was scary because it was like, well, what is this all about? Am I not going to have sex again until I have a boyfriend? Or is like, I was literally asking her questions and she was answering back and it was beautiful, but it was, it was beautiful because I cried about the part of me that I thought I was letting go of. Meaning there's a part of me that the highly sexual, highly energetic part of me that loves having sex and sexual experiences. And I, I thought of the idea of like missing those. And so I experienced, I cycled through all the sadness. I cycled through the fear and anxiety, the um, new boundaries I was going to be setting. And I was feeling all of those and writing them down. And by writing them, by leaning in to that conversation with my inner being, I moved through what I call an ego death, the experience of the fear of going without. My fear of going without sex triggered a lot of stuff, meaning how am I going to validate myself? How am I going, like all that sexual frustration, how am I going to exercise my sexual energy? Then what? And what if I fail? What if I trip and fall? Because I've said it to somebody in conversation is if you choose celibacy and then you partake in, let's say foreplay, it's kind of like someone trying to practice sobriety from alcohol. One drink is a drink, right? Foreplay is sexual activity. And so, or, you know, one rip of the bowl is not sobriety. And so it's important to understand that when you falter in what, like eating, right? You said no more fucking donuts or whatever your thing is. It's forgiveness of the self upon failure too, or if you're not fulfilling your expectations of yourself, can you get back in? It's not you messed up once and you messed up forever or you're a mess up. It's that you're, you're going to the gym. When you go to the gym, you don't start with the hundred pound weights on January 1st. You get the five pounders and then you get the seven and a half, right? So it's all about, and there's rest days or cheat days and you figure yourself out. 
self-mastery people. If you are still in with me, I just want to acknowledge you for listening and stretching yourself and whatever is landing for you. I acknowledge you, let it land, whatever you get, you get what you don't get, you don't get. You can come back to these kinds of episodes and really listen at the different phases and stages of your life. All right. To wrap this up, On the other side of this experience, I've chosen celibacy. I have gone for it. I have maintained it. I have faltered. I have gotten back on. I have gotten back in the game. And on the other side of not choosing to be sexually active, I have really seen for myself, I'm sorting out right now. Do I really want a relationship or do I just want sexual activity? which is two different things. Both are acceptable. However, they're not the same either. Not always. And it's important to have full levels of communication depending, and which again, go listen to the four types of intimacy because you can have physical intimacy with somebody without having other types of intimacy. What really moves through, once you're on the other side of making a powerful choice, following through on it, being your word, maintaining it, and setting new boundaries, a part of you dies that that thought she couldn't, that thought he would never. And you get to experience yourself on a whole new level. And the thing that you really get to experience is your power and your capability and your commitment. When you do that, when you get to that point and you're present to your power and your capability, you really do realize that you're at choice and that you are the one choosing and to take responsibility for that choice. And that if you do falter, you actually reach a place of compassion for your humanity, realizing you're a human. There's no book for this. You and nobody else, we don't know what we're doing. We're just doing the best we can with what we know at the time that we know it. And after this, I don't even know how long this episode has been, but after this episode, you have another level of consciousness that you can apply to your life to experience your own power and capability. And then when you lean into the compassion for the way that we are all human, you can also lean into grace and enlightenment and really become an observer of yourself instead of simply just being yourself. You can back up to decide who it is you're being and then to choose who it is you'd like to be. Because truly the inside energy, the nucleus of who you are is good. It's compassionate, it's loving, it's faithful. But we've got a lot of layers piled on us from life. And that's why we use all these different drugs. That's why we numb out. But what I'm here to tell you, especially here on Hearts Unleashed, is it's safe. It's safe to be you. It's safe to explore your shadow side. That's what this is. And if you haven't listened to the Emotional Intelligence series, I talk all about shadow. And if you're ready to transition into another phase of your life and you have been craving it and your inner being is telling you about it and you can hear it and you don't know how to shift it, reach out. We can do a 20-minute discovery call. I can either tell you where you are in your, and I can't, I will tell you where you are in the phases of transformation. And I'm going to make some recommendations for you about where you can turn next. 
it was working with me, it's working with me. If not, I got tons of resources and books to lead you to. And obviously, as you've been listening, I've got tons of podcast episodes for you to listen to. I have really been meditating on this, this podcast, y'all. And when I left teaching, I told myself, I will be a teacher. I am a teacher and I will teach. <laughs> I just don't know who, how, where, when, why, and when. <laughs> And this is becoming quite obvious that this is very much the who and the why and the how and the what and the when, where, everywhere, all the time, whenever we want, whoever wants to be here, however you are, the way you are, show up as you are and where you are in life. Because at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we are turning dreamers into doers. I love you. The Hearts Unleashed podcast is proudly supported by I'm Hearing Stories, an audiobook publisher and producer. Audiobooks are a fun, entertaining, and leading-edge way to break into new markets and spread your story like a wildfire. If you're an author, coach, speaker, or entrepreneur, it can exponentially enhance your credibility in your field and make you quickly relatable. Okay, so good news. I'm Hearing Stories has helped authors like our Hearts Unleashed creator, Abigail Gazda, turn that dream into a reality. And they can help you too. With I'm Hearing Stories, you get expert guidance to walk you through the murky waters of this process. So here's your inspired action. Click the link below or go to imhearingstories.com and turn your dream of having an audiobook into a reality. 